We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RV32 preseason team preview series. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. You're listening to the Cincinnati Bengals episode of the 2018 team preview series, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. I'll be joined in a few moments by Jay Morrison of the Cox Media Group and Dayton Daily News. You can follow him on Twitter at JMorrisonCMG. But before we get started, I want to let you know that as a listener of the podcast, you can save yourself 30% on a Rotoviz NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The subscription will give you access to all the NFL content and tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. Again, our guest today is Jay Marson of the Cox Media Group and Dayton Daily News. He covers the Bengals as a beat reporter, and in this episode, he talks about expectations for the Joe Mixon-Giovanni-Bernard backfield tandem, what to expect out of quarterback Andy Dalton, and how the receiving targets will project outside of all-pro wide receiver A.J. Green. After the interview, we'll take a few minutes to think about what Jay said, and we'll be looking at Bengals' target projections using some of the Rotobiz apps. And now, let's bring on the guest. We'd like to welcome to the show Jay Morrison, the Cincinnati Bengals beat writer for Cox Media Group and the Dayton Daily News. You can follow him on Twitter at JMorrisonCMG. Jay, thanks so much for coming on the show. We had you on the draft preview, and now we have you back here for the Rotoviz RV32 team preview series. How are you doing today? I'm great. How bad were my draft picks? You were right on the money. No, you were right on the money. Talked about the <laughs> offensive line, and that's where we're going to begin. 
After 23 years, the Bengals offensive line coach Paul Alexander left to go to Dallas, and the Bengals actually brought in Frank Pollock from the Cowboys, who was there for the past two seasons. Cincinnati's offensive line struggled last year after losing Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler, but they certainly have made moves to improve that in 2018 via trade and the NFL draft. So why don't you start by talking about what Bengal fans can expect from this revamped offensive line? Well, improvement to start with. I mean, it would be hard for them to be any worse than they were last year. That Really, the last two years, the, the offensive line struggled. Um, but last year was the big year after losing Whitworth and Zeitler. Um, it, you, you've got new talent there, uh, but I think, I think Frank Pollock is the key piece. Nothing against Paul Alexander, but, you know, 23 years, it, 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 sometimes you need – a new voice and that's what a lot of Bengal fans are clamoring for with Marvin Lewis is that that's why they want him gone is they, they just think it's time for a change time for a new voice um Frank Pollock and Paul Alexander are polar opposites in terms of their coaching style you know it's it's, it's funny because during the regular season we don't really get to watch the the true practice the media are allowed to watch the first half hour and usually that's stretching and a little bit of position drills but not the, the serious stuff but in in OTAs you're allowed to watch an entire practice and then coming up in training camp we will be able to watch entire practices and it's just amazing watching the way Frank Pollock I mean before it was just Paul Alexander and his voice and the players and you know he was putting them through drills and that kind of stuff Frank Pollock has all kinds of a crazy equipment and, and drills that he's got these guys doing out there and and you know Paul Alexander was more of a, a clinician and, and, you know, more, I don't know, just more mental. And, and Frank Pollock is that tough, in-your-face, physical, or uh, just really emotional, um, brings a lot of fire, a lot of passion to it. And I think that the players are responding to that. I, I think they, they enjoy this change and they, they know, those offensive linemen know that the, the, the disappointment of the seven and nine season was largely on their backs last year. So um, I think you're going to see a much more fiery, a much more physical offensive line. We kind of saw it last year, even when Paul Alexander was still here, they, they kind of figured out as the year went on, what was working and what wasn't working when they switched offensive coordinators in week two. And, and they started running toward the end of the, the season. They started just running a lot of power. They did away with all the traps and the zone blocking schemes and everything. And just you kick the guy's butt across from you and we'll let the rest of the, the running backs and receivers do their jobs. And the, the Bengals, I mean, they finished pretty poorly in total offense. But over the last eight weeks, they were one of the best rushing offenses in the league. That's just how bad they were in the first eight weeks. So I, I think we kind of saw that trend coming. And then when you bring in a guy like Frank Pollock that's really going to get in these guys' faces and and be more physical uh, at the point of attack, I think that's the change that the Bengal fans are going to see. Yeah, the key in winning that point of attack, of course, is for the, the, the running backs. And, and your rushing attack did improve as the year went on, especially in the second half. And that's where we want to turn our attention to now. You had former running back Jeremy Hill, who signed with New England. And we had the whole debate, should he get surgery? Should he not? Between him and, and head coach Marvin Lewis. But it certainly appears now that all early down work should go to Joe Mixon. Of course, the veteran Giovanni Bernard is there. He had a great last game against Detroit, where 
where he had seven receptions, 168 total yards, and a touchdown. Of course, Cincinnati drafted Miami product Mark Walton in round four of the draft. So how do you handicap this Bengals backfield coming into 2018? Well, I mean, Joe Mixon's going to be the bell cow. He, he is going to be their guy. But, but Giovanni's going to have a huge role. And, and I don't think it's going to be as a third down back. I, I think what we might see is more of like a two for one possessions. You know, let Joe Mixon handles the first two series and then Giovanni Bernard comes in and, and he's the, he's the running back in a third series. And, you know, people think of Gio as a quick little scat back who, who is good at catching passes out of the backfield, which he is, he's very good, but he is a tough physical runner. He, he can run between the tackles and slam it up in there as good as anyone. And I think that that'll have a benefit in a number of ways because, number one, you give Joe Mixon a, a little bit of a breather. He, he works up that lather. He gets the first two series in. He gets going, and then he can kind of sit back and, and rest for a little bit. That's only going to make him fresher in the fourth quarter. But at the same time, anytime you throw a change of pace like that in there, it, it kind of mixes up the defense some. And you, you can kind of get a feel by about you know midway through the third quarter you're going to have an idea which guy's hotter. And, and I could see them doing that where they're going to ride the hot hand in the fourth quarter. Now, I know I, fantasy owners probably don't want to hear that because you, you you, you, the last thing you're going to want to see you do is start Joe Mixon and then all of a sudden Giovanni Bernard you know, in the game in the fourth quarter and, and getting vulturing touch, touchdowns that way. But from a football success standpoint, I think that's the key way to go. And another reason for it, Joe Mixon – he showed last year he can be really good as a re- as a receiver out of the backfield. So I don't think that's why they want to stunt his growth in that area by using Giovanni as a third down guy. They they want Joe Mixon in on third down to catch passes out of the backfield when when the the regular routes break down or even if it's a design screen. Um, so you're going to see both those guys. They're both going to get plenty of touches. The Mark Walton thing's curious. It was it was a really surprising pick. Uh, for they that's they didn't need a running back, and to take one that high in the fourth round when they still had other needs there, really was kind of a head scratcher. But Mark is so good on special teams, and the the Bengals were lacking in that area, and, and they were going to be losing some guys this year uh, for special teams. So I think that's what they really wanted there is, is someone to shore them up on special teams and then be a quality backup. We, we all know what the NFL is. If, if Jeremy, if Giovanni or, um, Joe Mixon were to suffer an injury, that that's a nice luxury to have there to have a, a Mark Walton to throw in there. And, and I do think he, he'll be active on game days because of his special team plays. And if, if they're getting blown out or if they're winning in a blowout, I could see him, you know, getting some garbage time carries at the at the end of games just to try to, you know, ease him into NFL football. I agree with you. Joe Mixon's receiving ability is underrated. And I think Giovanni Bernard, over 200 pounds, his rushing ability is underrated. So if Mixon were to get an injury, you think it would be sort of Bernard taking that two-for-one role with Walton working in? Uh, th- that's a good question because they've got other guys. They've, uh, uh, Brian Hill that they signed off of the Atlanta practice squad last year, he he looked good at, at times um, when they were they were uh, really thin and and he was active for a couple games and and had a couple nice couple games. Um, Trey Carson is a guy they really like a lot and he was he was on IR last year. He would probably be the the leading candidate to you know become active on on game days if an injury were to happen to the big two. Um, I don't know if if 
as good as Giovanni is um, at, at getting it, being physical and, and running up in the tackles, I don't know if you could do that for an, an entire game. And, and giving him the the two for one in, in that regard might be a little. It, it might wear him down. I guess it would depend on when the injury happened to Joe Win in the season, but but I think you might see a little bit more of a 50-50 type of split if, if something were to happen to Joe Mixon. I know that Andy Dalton is sort of a lightning rod in terms of supporters, detractors. He had that career year in 2015 where he was certainly mentioned as an MVP candidate before he had the fractured thumb in week 14. We had the A.J. McCarron situation where he was almost traded to Cleveland and the Bengals signed Matt Barkley in the offseason to a two-year contract. They also spent a seventh-round pick on Logan Woodside from Toledo. So what do you think Bengal fans can expect from Andy Dalton this year? Is he going to return to that sort of that all-pro form of 2015? Um, that might be too much to ask, but it's not out of the question. I mean, if you, you look at what happened in 2015, you had everybody was healthy, and he had tons of weapons around him. Tyler Eifert exploded. Um, and a key piece there was that was Hugh Jackson's second year as offensive coordinator. Uh, is Andy, this, this is his fifth offensive coordinator, and he's only been in the league since 2011, you know, fifth full-time one. He, he starts with Jay Gruden, Jay Lewis goes to Washington. Hugh takes over for two years. Then, then when Hugh leaves and goes to Cleveland, they put in Ken Zempezi. That lasts one year and two games. And then they, last year they, they throw in Bill Lazor, and he, he kind of, he's the interim all year. And then even though they finished last in total offense last year, they, they like what they have in Bill Lazor, and and he was the quarterbacks coach, so he has a great relationship with Andy. So now he's he can totally put his system in this year, and he's talked a lot about making Andy Dalton uncomfortable. He said that's the only way you can grow is is you know by being challenged, and and so they're they're really ripping up their their offense and and starting over this year, and and they're. They're they're pushing Dalton to do things that maybe he hasn't been comfortable doing in the past, but I, I think they're also going to lean on the things that he does do well in the past. We've seen if if he gets good protection, like in 2015, like people are expecting with the improvement in the offensive line this year, he can be a really good quarterback. You know, he doesn't make mistakes. He's terrific pre-snap and reading the defense and getting the team in the right play. If you get all those pieces around Andy Dalton working, then you're going to see him excel. It's when you ask him to carry the team on his shoulders, that's when the struggles come in. He's just, he's just not that kind of quarterback. So I think with the improved offensive line and with the new offensive system with Bill Lazor, I do think we're going to see a much better Andy Dalton this year. Just asking for a return to that 2015 season might be a little much. That was, that was just, that was as best, as good as anybody's seen Andy Dalton play, but, you know, he's, you look at quarterbacks now playing well into their mid thirties. He's, he's not there yet. He's still a young guy. He's in his prime and it's not out of the question that if, if all those pieces around him are, are working well this year, that, that he could challenge that, that level again.
Completely agree. And and the Bengals have invested high draft capital in those weapons. And let's look at the, the wide receivers. Curious to get your thoughts on who the player is going to be that gets the majority of targets opposite A.J. Green. Obviously, A.J. Green, perennial all-pro, one of the best wide receivers in football. There's 31-year-old Brandon LaFell. He played over 91% of the snaps last year. He had 52 catches, 548 yards, and three touchdowns. Sort of the real question, I guess, Jay, is what's going to happen with John Ross? He was the ninth overall pick last year. He had some off season surgery that set him back, made his debut in game two, but he fumbled and then a knee injury ended his year. Do you see a big bounce back for Ross this year? How, how's Tyler Boyd going to be? Where do you think those targets are going to go uh, next to AJ Green? Well, I, I think you're going to see Brandon LaFell, you know, if he makes the team, that's, that's not a guarantee. They've got so many young guys that I think if you look talent alone, that, that Brandon might struggle to make this team, but the Bengals love those aging veterans. Brandon's such a, a terrific guy in the locker room. Um, he, he brings that, that poise and that calmness on the field. Um, I, I, I would be surprised just in the way the Bengals operate if, if he doesn't make the 53. And if he does, he's, he's probably going to be your opening day starter. But you know, just because he starts the game doesn't mean he's going to get the most targets throughout the game. Uh, the, the John Ross thing, uh, he's going to be given every chance to succeed. I don't think I don't think Marvin was high on that pick last year, and I think that part of that was we saw the way they kind of held him back, and then the injuries, and it was just kind of a nightmare rookie year for John Ross. But but he came out this year, first practice with OTAs, and 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 looked terrific, and you know not just speed blowing by guys, but making tough contested catches, and and looking like a number nine overall pick. You know, that's just, it's a huge thing with him if he can stay healthy. Yeah, he's healthy right now, but injuries have been plaguing him through his going all the way back to Washington. So he's going to be given every chance. And, and I don't think they're looking at him as a slot guy. Tyler Boyd is really good in the slot. I think he's going to be their, their main guy as a slot receiver, their main number three. So that's, that's where you're going to see kind of that, that platoon there between Brandon LaFell and John Ross, who, who can be the main guy. Brandon's going to be the opening day starter, but if John Ross stays healthy and, and starts outperforming Brandon LaFell, you, you know, don't be surprised if he takes over that starting role. But the, the huge question with him is always going to be, can he stay healthy? And, and another guy to, to kind of keep in mind, if you're looking for a sleeper type of guy, is Josh Malone, the fourth-round pick last year out of Tennessee. Um, he, he just, he, he looks the part. He, he didn't get a lot of chances last year, but when he did, he made plays. And if, if John Ross gets hurt again this year, and if Brandon LaFell starts looking like he's 31, Josh Malone could slip in there and be that number two opposite AJ Green. And, and another one interesting guy is their seventh round pick this year, Auden Tate, just fantastic in, in OTAs and minicamp this year, made some unreal catches in the end zone, contested ones. You know, of course, this is in, in T-shirt and shorts. They're, they weren't in full pads. But, you know, when it comes to the passing game, you're still getting tight coverage from some pretty good cornerbacks. And he was beating them. He, he's not fast at all. That's always been the knock on him. And the big question is, would they switch him to tight end? The big Bengals insist they have no plans to do that. But, you know, as a seventh-round pick, kind of a long shot to make the roster. But if, if he can build on what he did this spring, he could carve out a, a spot on that on that 53-man roster, and, and he could be a, a deep sleeper in, in, in some of your deeper roto leagues. 
Yeah, Josh Malone, Auden Tate are definitely guys who are, who are one step away from really making an impact. Uh, Jay, we thank you so much for your time. I got one more for you, then we'll, we'll get you out of here. The last question, of course, is, is centered around Tyler Eifert. Now, when Tyler Eifert is healthy, he's one of the top tight ends in the NFL. Had the 13 touchdowns in 2015, which led all tight ends. He had five touchdowns in 2016 before the injury. But of course, he's really missed a lot of games over the last two years. Uh, he's missed 22 games from 2016 to 2017. So they just keep mounting. Uh, looks like he may have injured himself in OTAs. Marvin Lewis was saying he's not sure if he's going to be ready for the start of training camp. What are you hearing about Eifert? And if he can't go, fourth-year tight end Tyler Croft, who stepped in last year and did catch seven touchdowns, is he sort of an under-the-radar guy to perform here and step up if Eifert can't go? Yeah, I mean, he would be. Tyler Croft would be the guy if, if, if Eifert can't can't play and and he he's never gonna he doesn't have Eifert's speed he, he he's just he's kind of a poor man's version of Tyler Eifert but in this offense where where you've got John Ross and AJ Green and Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon stretching the edge of the field there's a huge opening in the middle of the field and 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 I got a guy like Tyler Croft that's proven he can do it at this level he he could have a really nice season you you almost kind of expect it because he talked about the injury history of Tyler Eifert. I mean, the entire time he's been in the league, he's missed more games than he's played. It's kind of like the John Ross thing. That question's always going to be there. Um, you know, even if he gets through the first month of the season healthy, everybody's just going to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, when when is the injury coming? He, huge injury risk. It's not that he's brittle. He's he's a well put together. I mean, he's physically fit. It's just some guys are just unlucky. And and when you play tight end in this league, you're even on plays that you're not getting the ball, you're banging, you're blocking. There's just a lot of potential for injury there. And unfortunately for Tyler, he's been bit by it too many times. You know, if he, I would say if if you're looking for a guy, a guy, he's, he's worth the risk because if he is healthy, he, he can be a Gronk type in terms of numbers and for fantasy. I mean, he's, he, he's just that good. The the red flags are there with with him not participating in minicamp. Um, that was really a surprise, and I don't know if if Marvin just you, it's hard to tell with Marvin Lewis if 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 he's if he's trying to plant a seed or if he's just not choosing his words correctly. I mean, he kind of backed away from what he told us on the first day of minicamp to the one on the second day when. You know, he seemed surprised that Tyler wasn't out there and didn't know what was up and said the only reason he wouldn't be out there would be medically related or health related. And then on day two, he said, no, no, no. We just, we were in here on the new surface. They had just laid down a brand new field uh, inside the stadium, whereas in the, in the OTAs, they'd been out on the grass fields. So he was kind of blaming the new surface. They didn't want to, didn't want to take any chances on him going to the ground. And he kind of he backed away from the injury thing. Um, it'll be interesting to see once camp opens here in a couple of weeks how much Tyler Eifert is out there. But but if he gets through camp healthy, definitely a guy you want to have on your radar because he can make a difference. Yeah, that's very true. He is a difference maker for sure. Folks, Jay Morrison, can't thank him enough, Cincinnati Bengals beat reporter for Cox Media Group and the Dayton Daily News. Please follow him on Twitter at jmorrisoncmg. Jay, thanks so much for a few minutes here, and we look forward to catching up with you shortly. Yeah, great talking to you.
Again, that was Jay Morrison of the Cox Media Group and Dayton Daily News. You can follow him on Twitter at Jay Morrison CMG. Gave us a lot of great stuff there about the Bengals' upcoming 2018 season. Let's take a look at what he talked about, starting with the Bengals' backfield. And Jay explained that the Bengals' success running the ball is going to center around second-year back Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a bit of a disappointing year last year. Really didn't get a chance to get worked into regular touches in the beginning of the year. Marvin Lewis always favors the veterans, and he certainly did that with Jeremy Hill, even at the price of inefficiency. But once Mixon got going and got into the flow, he actually had a decent season, especially in the second half. There was a stretch from week 8 through week 12, and four of those five games, Mixon was an RB2 or better, and he scored three touchdowns. Now, his totals at the end of the year weren't great. He only had 626 rushing yards, 287 receiving yards. He had 30 receptions on 34 targets. And you heard Jay talk about that, that he felt that Mixon was an underrated receiver and that because Giovanni Bernard is there, people just assume that he's going to be the third down back and he's going to be the two-minute guy. But they certainly want to take advantage of Mixon's receiving ability, which maybe wasn't utilized to its maximum potential last year. He only scored four total touchdowns. But also he brought up the point that Giovanni Bernard is not just going to be a pass-catching back and that his rushing ability is actually underrated as well. He's right at that age apex for running backs 26 years old. And he did have 105 carries last year, played 16 games, had 105 carries, and had 61 targets, which was 15th among all running backs. Had 381 receiving yards, 458 rushing yards. And again, had that big game at the end of the year against Detroit, 168 total yards, seven receptions on seven targets, and the touchdown. So it looks like Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon are both going to be part of the running and passing game for Cincinnati. They're both talented backs. Jay mentioned that he thought it was maybe going to be a two-for-one situation where Mixon would get the first two drives and then Bernard would work in. But he alluded to the fact that there is a possibility that it could be the hot hand in the fourth quarter, which certainly would frustrate fantasy owners. Assuming that Mixon does get the majority of the touches as we expect, his value, his PPR ADP right now around RB15-16 certainly would seem to represent his floor. The Bengals offensive line will be better than it was last year. And right now he's being drafted around that Jordan Howard, Darius Geist, Derrick Henry area. It certainly seems that Mixon has the most experience and balance, if you combine those two, of any of those backs. So he seems to be a value here right now. And certainly in a PPR format, Giovanni Bernard right now going around RB50 in those formats certainly seems like a value as well, 11th round running back. And remember, those third down pass catching backs that tend to pop on a year in, year out basis do not come from early mid-round selections. They tend to come in the back of the draft. With Jeremy Hill not there anymore, there certainly is ample opportunity. Hill only played in seven games last year, but did have 25 carries through the first four weeks of the season. He was getting red zone touches as well. He had nine red zone touches in those seven games. So so Jeremy Hill vacating the Bengals' backfield does allow a pretty clear-cut divide between Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon for those carries. You heard Jay talk about Mark Walton as well, the fourth-round running back. They seem to like him on special teams, and he would be somebody that you'd be interested in if there was an injury to Joe Mixon. 
And then we heard Jay talk about the importance of Andy Dalton playing well. Really, as he goes, the Bengals go. If you look back over the last three years, you know, Dalton had that great year in 2015 that we talked about. He was the overall QB 18, but he only played 13 games, so that's misleading. He did average 18.8 fantasy points per game, and that was certainly top 10 that year in that great 2015 season. Then in the 2016 season, he dropped off a little bit, went down to QB 13, did play all 16 games, averaged 16.3 fantasy points per game. But then last year really struggled. He was the QB 17 overall in fantasy points and only averaged 13.2 per game. And if you take a closer look at Andy Dalton's season last year using the Game Splits app on Rotoviz, you can see when he doesn't make mistakes, he's a very, very good NFL quarterback and a great fantasy option. There were four games last year where Andy Dalton threw more than one interception. In those four games, he averaged 8.44 fantasy points per game. He averaged 30 attempts. Only 16 completions, two and a half interceptions. So when he threw more than one, he usually threw more than two. Only .75 touchdowns per game and 187 yards. But in those games that Andy Dalton threw one interception or less, he was very, very good. 20.2 fantasy points per game, which would be higher on average than his 2015 season, that he was great. 31 attempts, 19 completions, only .17 interceptions. So again, if he didn't throw more than one interception, he usually threw none last year. 1.83 touchdowns per game. Those were 12 games. And 213 passing yards per game. So as Andy Dalton goes, this team is really going to have to follow. The offensive line is better. And if you protect him, as Jay talked about, he makes great reads. He makes great pre-snap decisions. And if he doesn't turn the ball over, has some rushing ability as well, he definitely can get this team back. And you can see a big improvement on the offensive side of the ball, provided that Andy Dalton plays mistake-free football. And of course, so much of the Bengals' success in the 2018 season is going to center around the receiving game. Let's start with the wide receivers. And he talked about A.J. Green, mentioned that A.J. Green may have had some drops last year that he usually normally doesn't have, but certainly he had a very solid season in 2017. 75 receptions, 1,075 receiving yards, eight total touchdowns. All of those numbers were close to or in the top 10 at the position. But what happens with the Bengals' receiving game as normal is that A.J. Green gets such a large part of the target share, and last year certainly was no exception with 143 targets. So the question is going to be, Brandon LaFell certainly did an admirable job last year, but as Jay mentioned, he's 31 years old and is a possible cut candidate. So someone's going to have to step into that role. LaFell had 52 receptions, 548 receiving yards, and three total touchdowns. Player certainly that they hope it's going to be is John Ross, the first round number nine overall pick from 2017 that you heard Jay mention that Marvin Lewis may have not been too keen on selecting. But Ross certainly has speed to burn. He has the record there for the 40 yard dash time at 4.22, 5'11, 190 pound speedster, and he looked very impressive in OTAs. So they're hoping that John Ross can fill that role and give Andy Dalton a deep weapon besides AJ Green. Player they said they are very excited about who's locked into that slot receiver role for Cincinnati is third round wide receiver Tyler Boyd. Boyd 6'2", 200 pounds, and he was the go-to guy down the field when the Ravens are trying to win to get into the playoffs and caught that 23-yard touchdown pass that went into the end zone and put Buffalo into the playoffs. So Tyler Boyd seems locked into that role had 81 targets in 2016, only 32 targets last year, only played 10 games. So hopefully he's healthy. Former second round pick out of Pittsburgh should be a big part of the Cincinnati offense. 
Somebody they really like as well, who could possibly overtake LaFell, as Jay mentioned, second-year wide receiver Josh Malone out of Tennessee. Malone only had 17 targets last year, played in nine games, but really like his athleticism. He's a super speed burner too, 4.40 speed, and he has a 6'3", 210-pound frame that could really pop. So it's possible that if you see LaFell cut, that you could get Josh Malone. Josh Malone is a guy you can target very late in drafts. He's basically free. No one is taking him. But you can see how training camp works out. And if you have some seasonal leagues that draft towards the end of August, he's a guy that you may want to keep an eye on in those preseason games. And then finally, we talked about probably the most important player and position for Andy Dalton and the Bengals' success, and that's Tyler Eifert at the tight end position. Jay mentioned that Tyler Eifert has missed more games over his five-year career than he has played. He has played 38 games. He's missed 39 games. But when he's on the field and he's healthy, he's a major difference maker. If you use the Game Split app on Rotobiz again, in the 38 games that he's played, Andy Dalton averages about three more fantasy points per game, 0.3 more touchdowns, which is significant when you're talking about a 38-game sample size, and approximately 30 more passing yards per game when Tyler Eifert's on the field. So his presence, and Jay mentioned he can have as big a difference for the Bengals as Rob Gronkowski has for the Patriots. He is a major, major red zone threat, and he is a huge safety valve for Andy Dalton and just spreads the field and makes things more available. So if Tyler Eifert is healthy and he is ready to go at the beginning of the season, that is certainly going to be a huge boost for Andy Dalton and the entire Bengals offense. And that'll do it. I hope you enjoyed the Cincinnati Bengals team preview here at Rotoviz Radio, the hashtag RV32Series. My guest today, Jay Morrison of the Cox Media Group and Dayton Daily News. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at JMorrisonCMG. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. And this is only the second of the 32-team preview series, so we have a bunch of great stuff coming up here on Rotoviz Radio. Make sure to follow Rotoviz Radio as well on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you soon with more previews. Thank you for listening to the 2018 Team Preview Series. Our assistant executive producer is Colm Kelly, and our executive producer is Matthew Freeman. Please remember to rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community.